0: A very happy new year to you, and welcome back to The Messy Table, an ordinary space for real women, imperfect stories, and the God who's always faithfully at work in the messes of our lives. I'm your host, Jen Jewell, and whether it's your first time here or maybe you joined us for all 46 episodes and counting, I personally consider it a massive joy and privilege to gather with you here, where thanks to technology, our crazy worlds can collide, where the mundane and sacred don't seem quite so far apart, where bitter often finds the sweet, and where we might even catch a small glimpse of heaven here on earth. The Messy Table is a bi weekly conversation style podcast which airs a brand new episode every other Tuesday. We're officially partnered with my church, Life Church, and our sisters' ministry, as well as the brave women who willingly offer their stories and unique perspectives for us to learn from. But you know what? We also love partnering with you no matter your location, your background, or your specific church affiliation. There is one name that's above all others, one name that unites us, and that is the name of Jesus. Honestly, our goal here is pretty simple, to push pause on the busyness of life, to glorify God and encourage each other by sharing pieces of our own stories and His faithfulness, which helps us all refocus on what matters most. Whether huge and life-altering or more subtle and refining, each conversation can shape us and teach us because these are the real valuable pieces that make up our real valuable lives. Isaiah 12:1 tells us that God stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth, and formed the human spirit. We believe that this God who created this world and everything in it also knit you together on purpose, with purpose, and for a purpose. Well, I am pumped for you to hear from today's guest because she's actually a sweet friend of mine from college who happens to be releasing her book, Baby, into the World today. On January 1st, 2019, Kara K. James is the executive director of a ministry called Thrive Moms. She's also a pastor's wife and a biological and adoptive mama of four. And yes, she just wrote a book titled Mom Up. In this episode, we're talking about the mess that often is motherhood, yet how God meets us in those trenches, calling us out of survival mode and into abundance. Though we do highlight motherhood in this particular episode, if that's not your story or season, I promise there's still plenty of nuggets of wisdom in this conversation that apply to every season of life. So whether you're currently changing the world at work or changing diapers in your living room, reheat your coffee, pop in those earbuds, and join us at The Messy Table. Well, hey, friend, welcome to The Messy Table. Hi, thanks for having me. So glad you're here. This is a big day. It is. Because we're not only kicking off our 2019 season here at The Messy Table, but I also want to say Happy New Year. Thank you. You too. And most importantly, Happy Book Launch Day. Yay. It's so exciting. People are off work and throwing parties just to celebrate with you, basically. Just to celebrate
1: my book launch. That's right. It's like a national holiday. It
0: is. (laughs) We're going to talk more about your book called Mom Up in just a bit, but yes, it did officially release today, and I got to hand it to you. The timing of this is brilliant, because when someone asks, do you have any New Year's resolutions, you can just say, oh, yeah, I'd like to publish a book. Oh. Wait a second. Yeah. Check and I'd like to become an author. Check, check. So you get the personal satisfaction of knowing that you accomplished your 2019 goals on the very first day of the year. Absolutely. Now, I have a break <laughs> the rest of the year. So You don't have to do anything. I can take the year off, basically. That's right. Well, before we kind of dive into the good stuff, tell us about you. All Give right. us a peek into your world.
1: Sounds good. Um, so I am a mom of four. I have four kiddos, eight and under. So my life and home is crazy, chaotic, <laughs> loud, all the things. My husband is a pastor and we love serving our church and our community and love adoption and foster care and all those kind of things and so That's just kind of what makes up our family and who we are. So, Mm -hmm. And obviously, I like to write because I wrote a book
0: just for the fun (laughs) of it. (laughs) You did. And I know that takes a lot of hard work. It does. So just to give a little context for our relationship, we were actually friends in college at Mm -hmm. the wonderful Oklahoma State University, and we both were pursuing journalism degrees. Yes. And you majored in PR as well, right? Yes, I did. Public relations. So we had most of our classes together, and we Mm -hmm. were constant study buddies. Yeah. So fun. I know. I know. Back in the day. (laughs) Back in the day. We won't say how long ago that was, though. (laughs) Never, never. No. But Fun fact, you were actually one of the very first people to know that I had a secret crush on the man who is now my husband. That is so true. Which is kind of funny. (laughs) In fact, at the time, we were both dating guys that we didn't marry. Uh Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, you knew early on that there was something between us. So that's kind of funny to think Uh back on. (laughs) Yeah. Well, one of the foundational verses for this podcast is Revelation 12 11, which explains that our enemy is conquered by the blood of Jesus and by the words of our testimonies, speaking or writing in your case what God has done in us and through us. And we know that our lives are extremely complex. And so obviously we, they can't be fully hashed out in less than an hour here on this podcast. But we would just love for you to touch on whatever God has compelled you to share in your book, in your life. Give us just kind of a glimpse into an area of your life that's been messy, but God has been faithful to meet you in the trenches and and work in your mess?
1: Oh, absolutely. So the mess of my life has been motherhood. And I had three kids in under three years, and it was crazy and messy is just a little bit of the way to explain it. It was so difficult and so painful and so hard. It was nothing like what I thought motherhood would be I had this idea in my mind of what being a mom would be and then I had this first baby and she was nothing like what I thought a baby should be and we walked through a lot of hard times with her and then we kind of got out of a little bit of hard season and we thought well we want to have more kids so let's just get it over with and then we had Mm -hmm. two more in under three years and so it did a number on my hormones, and it did a number on my body, and it just did a number on me emotionally, spiritually, physically, all the things. And so it threw me into just this messy, chaotic season of life. And,
0: and all the moms
1: right now are nodding their heads. <laughs> oh, are going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And in that season, deep, deep, deep in the trenches was where God met me. And that was the season of my life that I— saw the face of God better and more clearly than I have in any other time of my life and that was where I began to understand what God had for me and what God had for me as a mom as a wife as so many things just as a follower of him and he began to shape me and and lead me out of that deep dark hard season of messiness and brought me out of the trenches and taught me what it was like to Walk an abundant life with him, and it wasn't like I came out of that season and every day has been glorious and wonderful, every day has its challenges. But because I was, I walked through and faced that season of life, I learned so much more about who I am and who God is, and that the messiness can be so beautiful, and that God can meet us in the mess. And so it was a difficult but wonderful season of
0: life. Something that you said in your book that I highlighted is you said, yes, Jesus welcomes us as we are, as complete messes, but he will never leave us there. So come mm-hmm. as you are, but be ready to leave the not okay behind, to step into the abundance as you follow him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so great and worth noting, because even though this podcast is called The Messy Table, I'm not saying to use mess as a license for sin or grace right. as an excuse because God meets us in our mess But then he calls us further up and further in. So, Mm kind of tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, and I I struggled a little bit when I was titling the book, and we had a lot of conversations because you know the publishers and everybody that was you know around the table when we were talking about naming this book, they were like, well, what if what if people are thinking that you have to be at a certain place and that there's you know you have to be at a certain level and they don't feel good enough, but I wanted women to know that we're all called to this higher standard as Christ followers. And I think a lot of times the world tells us, well, you're a mom, so wallow in your mess, and that's exactly what you're supposed to do. And yes, it's okay to have our mess, and and that, that's what motherhood is. It's a mess, and God meets us there, but He never leaves us. He never leaves mm-hmm. us in our mess. He takes us from mess to mess to mess and creates beautiful things out of that, and I mean, I, that's what you teach in this podcast. And that's what that's what I want to teach in the book is that, you know, so many things in the world tell us, you know, even the standard of it's okay to not be okay. I'm even taking it a step further and saying, but what if the gospel is calling us to something more? And what if Jesus wants to meet us there and bring us out of that? And mm-hmm. what if we, you know, shouldn't wallow in our messes forever? And by doing so, we should focus on him.
0: Right, right. Yeah, it's okay for a moment, but that shouldn't be the norm. Like, I love how you talk about getting out of survival mode, because I think, especially with young kids, especially with multiple kids, it's like, sometimes you just feel like that you are living day by day in survival mode Mm -hmm. and just trying to get to bedtime. Um, And we get it. We all go through seasons. And as moms, we understand. But he doesn't want us to stay there. And there's another place that I highlighted that kind of speaks to this. little bit. You said, every time I sit in a room with moms, the conversation constantly shifts to how much we are messing up our kids. We all want to do better and be better. We all want our kids to turn out great. We all want to let go of the baggage we carry, except we have such a tight grip on it that we just can't let go. Mm -hmm. We'd rather sit around and discuss our struggles than focus on the one who is able to take them all away. (laughs) And I I do think there's this balance, like we don't want to come off prideful if God's Mm -hmm. doing something in our life, but it is kind of this funny trend where it's it's a lot easier to sit around and talk about what's hard, what's Mm -hmm. horrible, than it is to say, actually, Look what God is doing in my life. Or what he's Mm -hmm. doing. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And we, there's a chapter, the one you're mentioning is that talks about baggage. And that was hard for me because as I wrote this chapter, I didn't realize how much baggage I had actually brought into motherhood. And as I kind of unpacked the chapter, I was like, wow, okay, I have some things I need to work on here because. I was watching my kids turn into like this worst version of myself and <laughs> oh, oh man, it was so painful. My oldest daughter is, we joke that she's my clone. She's so much like me and I watch her do these things because I am a type A perfectionist to my core mm. and I watch her do these things that is so similar to me and I struggle with a lot of things because of my Perfectionism. And I don't want her to struggle with those things like I do. But she sees those in me and she's just following my lead. And Mm. if I would unpack some of this baggage and, you know, give it back to the Lord and allow him to have control in the areas that I think I need to have control in you know, maybe she would be a little more willing to give some of the control over too.
0: Yeah. Sometimes when we say things to our kids, we hear, it's like we're speaking to our own hearts. Yes. (laughs) All right. So obviously you were passionate about moms thriving in motherhood, not just surviving. And so you wrote this book. It's called Mom Up, Thriving with Grace in the Chaos of Motherhood. Tell us a little bit more about it. Why did you write it in the first place and kind of what's the heartbeat behind it?
1: Okay. Um, So I wrote the book now while my kids are young because I wanted to write it from the trenches. I didn't want to wait until my kids were grown and then turn around and say, okay, I made it. Now I'm going to tell you how to make it too. I wanted to write this for women that are right here with me. And I wanted to be able to say, I'm struggling. I know you're struggling too. Let's do this thing together. And that was kind of my heart for this book, because I think a lot of books that we read, you know, encouraging books for moms are written by older women. And while those are really great and we need to always listen to the women that have gone before us, I think there's something about hearing from women who are in the trenches with us. Yeah. And so that was kind of what I wanted to do with this was to be able to say, all right, I'm really, really struggling, and I want to show you my journey through my struggle, where I am, and how God kind of brought me through my struggle, how I continue to struggle, and the ways that He leads me into abundant life, out of survival mode, and how you can join me in that. And Mm. so we aren't waiting until our kids are Grown, you know, and we don't feel like we have to get through it and then be able to thrive and experience abundant life. But we can do it now while our kids are young and while everything is chaotic and crazy and messy. And really, I wanted a book for myself. I wanted to write something for myself, Mm -hmm. even if my mom and Two other people are all that reads this book. I wanted something (laughs) that I could go back to as a reminder of why I'm doing what I do and just an encouragement every day of how important this job is in motherhood. And Mm -hmm. that was you know, one of the main goals for me in this was just really to encourage women the importance of the role they are doing. Because I feel like a lot of what the world tells women right now is that motherhood is kind of the the last thing on the list of Mm -hmm. what they should focus on. And I wanted women reading this book to know that whether you're a working mom, a stay-at-home mom, a foster mom, whatever level of motherhood you see yourself on, that this is not just part of the job that you do. This is you know one of the most important things you do if not the most important thing you may ever do for the kingdom of
0: god is hmm. raising these kids and pointing them to jesus so it's so true and i can totally relate to the most important things that i write are to myself because it it makes, well, first of all, it's super real. It's like, this is what Mm -hmm. I need. So I love to hear you saying that. This is what I need to hear. And so I'm going to write this for other people, but also for myself to remind myself of the truth. And there's so much truth in this book. So you kind of break it down into four sections. You Mm -hmm. have a thriving mom is an intentional mom. Mm -hmm. A thriving mom lives in genuine community. A thriving mom rests in the Lord. A thriving mom embraces chaos. So real quick, can you kind of give us just a little overview, a little peek into each of those sections? Sure. A thriving mom is an intentional mom. What does that mean?
1: So I thought that being an intentional mom meant you like got down on the floor and played cars with your kid or, you know, sat and focused on them one-on-one. Or, so I really wanted to dive deep into what does it look like to be intentional as a mom? And I kind of learned that being intentional means that you know who you are in Christ. And um, intentionality goes a lot deeper than just you know that fo- that one-on-one focus and while that is so important and I do talk about that but it's about finding the ways that you can be the best mom for your specific child and that there's no way to be you know the best mom for your kids I have four kids and they are all wildly different and mm-hmm. so I can't be one mom I have to be four moms in four totally different ways. And so I have to be intentional in many, many different ways to reach my kids in all of these different aspects. And Mm -hmm. and the first way that I be intentional is to connect with God, because I can't connect with my kids if I'm not intentional with my relationship with Him first. Mm. And so that was really what I wanted women to understand was the key element of being intentional with our kids is first being intentional in our relationship with with him so that our kids see that, know that, and
0: then that's something that they grow in as well. Mm -hmm. Right. We can't pour out of an empty bucket. Exactly. All right. So the next section you talk about living in genuine community. What has that meant for you in your own life? So
1: genuine community. Um, I believe that we are better moms when we have a community of people around us. That being our husbands, if we are married. That being just the the women around us in our lives that we call our tribe, our you know our team or whatever they may whatever that might look like. Whether that's one person, whether that's twenty people. Um, I believe that we are better moms when we have some people around us that we support and that support us. And so I talk about different ways that we can build up that community and how we need each other and able to be better moms because we need human interaction Mm -hmm. (laughs) outside of just being around kids and it's so important to have that and it's not always easy yes we do need help and it's hard to ask for help and it's hard to it's hard to build those relationships sometimes for some people it's very easy but for other people it can be really hard especially in different seasons of life you know as you change through different seasons with your kids and that can be really hard yeah that's good so
0: then you talk about rest Resting in the Lord, a thriving mom, rest in the Lord, rest (laughs) is is hard.
1: This was the hardest section for me to write because it's the hardest thing for me to do. Um, I am a doer and I go, go, go all day. And so this was hard for me to write because it's hard for me to to preach something and that I don't follow through with very well. Well, again, but, you are preaching to yourself. So, mm-hmm, But I'm preaching to myself and I learned a lot through it and it's taught me a lot. And I've learned a lot about what it really looks like to rest in the Lord and how important that is and, and what that really means, because it seems like such a foreign concept. Shouldn't we take on rest on ourselves because resting in the Lord seems like this weird the Lord is this foreign being that can't do anything for us, you know? And so we think, okay, hmm. but I'll take on rest myself. I'll go get a manicure and get a coffee and roam around target. That's my rest. And, (laughs) and so I wrote a very controversial chapter called step away from the Starbucks (laughs) that people are not going to like me for, but I, I love my Starbucks. Don't get me wrong, but there's a difference between, you know, our worldly indulgences, things that just fill us up for an instant. And then the rest that will leave us feeling restful and leave us feeling full. And so we just have to learn and understand the difference between a cup of coffee that feels good for a moment, but doesn't really give us the rest that God wants us to have and and how Jesus showed us how to rest because Jesus didn't need rest the way that we do, but he took it constantly and he shows us that over and over how to rest and how to constantly go back to the Father and rest in him. And so right. we look to that for an example of what it looks like
0: to rest. So, Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's funny how we can have these like false rest idols in Mm -hmm. our life. Like you were saying, manicure, pedicure, coffees. I've even talked to several moms who we can idolize that me time. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my kid didn't take their nap today and I was just banking on that. I needed that. And so then if we don't get that time, then it can be easy to feel empty. Like, man, I didn't didn't have my time. I didn't get my time. Mm -hmm. Right. And my kids are a little bit older now and in school, but I definitely remember those moments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so sometimes maybe physically we're not resting as much as we would like, or maybe we're not getting that downtime. Say we even wanted to use it for good. We wanted to read our Bible. We wanted to pray or whatever. But it's like we can have active rest as well. It can be a mental thing where we're just saying, God. I'm putting my trust in you and I'm trusting you to Mm -hmm. give me that rest from the inside out, even whenever, you know, I have little ones running around me. Yes, exactly. Okay. And then a thriving mom embraces chaos. Oh,
1: this one's fun. (laughs) I think that this one is, this was a fun section for me to write because my life is very chaotic. And (laughs) I think the chaos can either leave us feeling completely worn out or it can leave us with joy. And We have to bring on the mindset that God has so much for us in the chaos and we have to just embrace the season of life that we're in, no matter what it looks like. If we have tiny babies and we're just physically exhausted or we have elementary kids and we're running like crazy and I feel like a referee most days because my kids fight all the time and, you know, (laughs) all of that, or, you know, we're dealing with, high school craziness, you know, whatever our season looks like, truly embracing that and finding the joy, no matter what it looks like. A lot of that lies in our attitudes and it lies in, you know, just helping our kids, helping guide them in their attitudes as well, because my bad attitude shapes our home a lot of the time. And, and so I try to focus my attitude so that my kids will see that and they will, have more fun and Mm -hmm. they can enjoy the chaos and not yelling at them because they're being chaotic and realizing that I'm the adult in the room and they're kids. And by yelling at them for not cleaning their room perfectly is not getting anybody (laughs) anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so, you know, and then also sometimes our chaos goes a little deeper than just the normal chaos. Sometimes our chaos is, you know, having a terminally ill child or, Losing a spouse, or walking mm. through a horrible illness, or a divorce, or something like that. Right. Sometimes our chaos is really hard stuff. Yeah, and so really embracing that season, whatever that might look like, and finding God and finding abundance in that season. That He still wants to meet us there, um, no matter what that looks like, and and knowing that we can still find joy. Because our joy isn't based on our happiness. That's a different thing. And so that God can still meet us there and give us joy no matter what that season of chaos looks like, whether it's just the normal chaos of every day or it's a really, really tough, life-altering situation. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, for
0: sure. Well, as you've wrestled through getting ink onto paper with this book, <laughs> if you could kind of step away and get the big picture perspective and say, OK, this was an aha moment where God just really taught me this, like something that you personally, as the writer, you're taking away, not just the reader, but what's something that you um, really learned through this? So I actually shared this in the book um
1: in probably my final edit I kind of walked through a tough season, um, one of those really challenging seasons. And it was right after I had turned in my first draft of the book, we found out that our son, our youngest son, needed a really tough surgery. And it was kind of a shock and we didn't know what was going on and it was just all these things. And through all of this, as the doctors were telling us, he needs this massive surgery and it was really scary. Mm -hmm. I felt nothing but peace and joy. And it was just this overwhelming, crazy thing that I felt. And through this, God was telling me, this is what it looks like to live in abundance with me. You've been studying and writing and and living this for the last year of, you know, writing this book and learning about what it looks like to truly live an abundant life with me. And now you get to walk it out. And it was really interesting to do this because mm-hmm. I think in any other season of life, I would have walked into... A truly scary, you know, situation and been broken. Mm -hmm. And I walked into the situation with our son and I just felt peace. And I mean, of course I was scared and (laughs) they took our baby away to um, operate on him. It was very scary, but I was in such a place of peace and joy in the whole situation and knowing that God was in control in a way that I'd never experienced before. Mm. And I think that Personally, that's what I learned more than anything through the whole process of writing this book was God really is in control and he really does have abundance for us in anything. And it was a really neat way to experience it. I, I wish that he hadn't had to go through the surgery, but it sure, was, yeah. It was it on was, his head,
0: right? Like a cranial yes, surgery. Yeah.
1: He had to have his whole skull taken apart. And mm. um so I mean that's not fun to no. have his brain exposed and all of that. And so a very scary situation. But he's great now and everything is much
0: better. And that's such a great lesson too, that peace doesn't come in the absence of fear, but it comes from Jesus Christ. It comes from the Holy Spirit filling mm-hmm. us up and that can't be manipulated. Right. So your fourth child, your son, who you were just talking about, Mm -hmm. he was actually adopted. He was. So what has been the best and hardest thing about adoption for your family? Oh, man. Adoption is great. Um it
1: was so much different than I anticipated going in. I think we walked into adoption, thinking, we want to adopt because there's so many kids that need homes, and we want to do that, and we have a home to provide. And so we walked into it kind of clueless and hmm. walked away. Wow, Adoption is this whole world of hardship, and, yeah, there's so much behind it. And we learned so much and I mean, I think the best thing was our son. (laughs) that we He has blessed us so much. And, you know, I think the hardest thing that we have walked through with adoption is just the loss that we experienced with his birth family and, you know, understanding all of that, that there's so much loss behind adoption because we adopted him at birth. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, understanding that this whole family is walking away from a child. And so it's such a huge loss for them. And there's so much sadness and um, heartbreak behind that. So Mm -hmm. now do you guys have a closed or open adoption? um, We have a,
0: the option for an open, but it's basically closed. So, okay. So what's something that you would want to share with other women or families who are considering adoption? I would say do it
1: 100% do it. Um, (laughs) It's, It's so hard, but it's absolutely worth it. Um, We want to do it again. We'd love to adopt again because we have three girls. And then we have Kendrick. And so we want Kendrick to have a brother at some point. And we don't think a a little boy should be on his own with all those girls. So
0: (laughs) yeah. What did your girls think bringing a little boy into your family? They
1: were a little scared at first because we actually walked into the adoption planning to adopt a girl. And because we thought, oh, we have three girls. We'll adopt a girl because we already had all the girl things and we knew how to do Girl stuff and so the boy was a total surprise and because they called us one day and said we have a boy for you do you want this boy and we were like well i guess sure of course we want
0: (laughs) i guess that's uh, a great
1: answer of course we want the boy and so it was a little shocking to all of us um but i mean from the first moment they saw him they were in love and they are it's, we always joke that he has four moms mm. and he really does he <laughs> it's it's pretty bad he has four little mamas at home so
0: Now, do you all already talk to him about the fact that he's adopted or will that be a conversation you have later or what does that Um, look like for you guys? Well,
1: I mean, he's only he's about to turn three, so he doesn't really I mean, right now, all he talks about is dinosaurs and cars right now. And so (laughs) we talk a lot about it with our girls. And so we're very open about it. And we talk about race and all those kinds of things very openly with our girls. Mm -hmm. And so we definitely will, once he's old enough to understand, we'll have all those conversations. But yeah, he, he doesn't get it yet. <laughs>
0: sure. Yeah. All right, Kara K. So in addition to Mom Up, which obviously everyone should get a copy of, obviously, do you yeah. have any favorite resources, books, podcasts, sermons, study tools, anything that you can't get enough of and want to recommend?
1: Um. Well, I run a ministry for moms called Thrive Moms. And mm. once you get Mom Up and read that, you'll hear a little bit about Thrive Moms. Um. so Thrive Moms started out of that hard place of motherhood and that I talked about. So I wanted encouragement in motherhood when I was walking through that really hard season when I had those three babies under three and a friend of mine and I were talking and we we were both walking through a really hard season and we thought, you know, there's got to be other moms out there that are struggling just like we are. And we wanted to do something to encourage them you know, right there in the trenches, like we were struggling, we wanted to encourage them as well. And so Mm -hmm. that was where we started Thrive Moms, really just as a place of encouragement to push moms into the word of God as a place of encouragement. And we knew that moms were already on the internet. And there was so much on the internet that was pushing moms toward worldly things. And we wanted to push moms to God's word for their refreshment and their encouragement. And so. That was where Thrive Moms came from. And so we, we've we been around for almost six years now. And now we offer um, local chapters. We have groups all around the world and we have resources um, such as Bible studies and prayer journals and things like that, that moms can use as tools to help guide them, you know, into deeper Bible study. And so it's just such a great resource for moms
0: to... That's great. So what have you found has worked the best? So I'm thinking, okay, so for busy moms who are in their house listening or they're out running errands right now, or maybe they're at work and they're thinking, okay, I'm a mom, I'm a working mom, I'm going to get off work. How do I make relationships happen? How do I dive into God's word and make relationships happen? What have you found to really be super helpful for these moms, including yourself?
1: Something that our community director, her name is Allie, something she always says that I love and she encourages our community um, groups in this is that you're already out there doing life. Why not do it together? Mm -hmm. You're going to be you're making a target run. Why not invite a friend to go with you? You have to go to the grocery store anyways. Why not invite a friend to go with you? Mm. And I always love that because I think it's so easy for us to just get into our routines and our bubbles and just do everything on our own. But we're all doing these same things. And so Mm. why not find some women that are in the trenches with us that are in Mm -hmm. the same circles of friends, you know, in our churches in maybe you see them at, the school pickup, wherever yeah, you the might park, find anywhere, them. yeah. Invite them to come alongside you and just do everyday life with you. And that has always been such a—it's like just so simple, but so eye-opening to me. And it's such an easy way to connect with women. And uh, some of my favorite moments are in the 10 p.m. Target runs, you know. And. Mm-hmm. I need toilet paper. Oh, do you need hmm. toilet paper? Would you like to come with me? <laughs> we all need
0: toilet paper. <laughs> yes, let's uh, just go.
1: And so, I think that's so great to to just bring people alongside us and and just do life together and and then I think those moments build into the deeper moments and you know we yeah we write these resources these bible studies and things and i don't like throwing random women into a group or people i don't like throwing random people into a group into a bible study because i don't think it's natural and i'm a pastor's wife i probably shouldn't say that <laughs> but mm. you know i think that it's i think it's always important to build that relationship first you know get to know each other first and then dig into God's word where you feel more comfortable. Because not everyone, some people might feel comfortable opening up and sharing the hard stuff. But most people, it takes a little time. It might take a few coffee dates or a few target runs or a few park dates to feel comfortable with another person before you're able to sit down and say, hey, what's really going on with you? And so. Mm
0: Well, it's good to find common ground, whether it's yes. at your kid's sporting event or Absolutely. or even if maybe you both do have the common ground of, oh, we love Thrive Moms, and so mm-hmm. we want to you know, meet up and have coffee and start right. a group or whatever. Finding common ground is good. And I think it's so important to fight against that isolation. And you talk about that in your book, but mm-hmm. it, it's so dangerous. And I think Satan often uses that as a tactic against, especially young moms who are just trying to figure this thing out. And we fear that we're getting it wrong. And I think if he can isolate us, it's a lot easier to pick us off. And so I do think community is so important. Yes. All right. Well, we're about to run out of time. So what final word of encouragement could you leave with us today? Oh, goodness.
1: I think just to remember that we can find abundant life no matter where we are. Um, I think so many times we revert back to... Uh, the survival mode the survival tactics we we just have to get through the day through the weeks through the months and I think that if we can remember that we can find abundant life right where we are right in the midst of the chaos and the messiness that God has so much more for us when we look to Him and we ask Him for His abundance and it's so much more joyful and more fun and there's just so much more in the abundance than there is in um, the survival mode of life
0: Yeah. And he offers it to us. It's available right now today. It's ours. It's not hiding. (laughs) No. Well, thank you so much. We're honored to get to celebrate this special day with you. And thanks for taking the time not only to join us, but to take the time to write this encouraging book. Oh, thank you so much. Well, in the name of intentional community, we're giving away two copies of Kara Kay's book, Mom Up, to a pair of friends or sisters or fellow moms. If you're not already following the Messy Table podcast on Instagram, first do that. And in the comment section, simply tag that gal in your life who might love this book as much as you would. Let her know about this podcast and you will both be entered to win. We'll announce the winners next Tuesday. Guys, you can subscribe to the Messy Table in all the usual places like iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and then a brand new episode like magic will come straight to your phone. And if you really want to stay up to date, you can join my email community at jenjewel.com, where you'll be the first to know when new podcast episodes, blog posts, Bible plans, or other content is released. And just a little heads up, you will not want to miss our next episode coming out on January 15th. I won't give the secret away yet, but just know this mystery woman has been our most requested guest, and it's going to be so, so good. Well, y'all, thank you again for joining us today as you head into the new year. Remember, yes, life is messy, but God is at work in the mess.